the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, senior pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is, Lord, Teach Us to Pray. Teach Us to Pray. It is said that of all the responsibilities that we have as Christians, the most difficult and challenging one is having a fervent and vibrant prayer life. Prayer isn't as important for our spiritual life as air is to our physical life. Prayer changes us. It changes our perspective and gives us a clearer picture of the world we live in because God is the creator and knows a whole lot more about it than we do. Prayer is our line of communication with God, where we talk with God and God talks to us. Prayer is not a one-sided communication that we have with God. It is listening more than it is talking. So it's always good when you are praying to spend some quiet time, even after you ask God uh, for what you um, would like him to do for you, just to listen to him. And so we know that we can be guided by him, directed by him, uh, as we listen to him, uh, because we have already spoken to him, and now let him speak to us. Pray something God expects of his people. Prayer was a vital part of Jesus' life while he was here on earth as a human being. It was so important to him that he spent hours praying. And if prayer was so important to Jesus, his disciples knew that it was important for them as well. This need for prayer and to learn how to pray was on the minds of the disciples when they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. Now the question is, why would they ask Jesus that particular thing that they wanted him to do? They had seen him walk on water. They had seen him feed thousands of people with a little boy's sack lunch. They saw him heal the blind, the mute, the lame, the beggar and the demon-possessed. They had seen his teachings captivate the crowds and confound the religious leaders of that day. 
Yet they never asked how to do miracles or how to teach or to preach, but rather how to pray. Now, if we want to learn a trade, we don't ask someone who doesn't know anything about it. Rather, we ask the person who is best at it. If we want to know about how to be a successful investor, we ask the most successful investor that we know. You see, Jesus, knowing the extreme importance of prayer, took the time to teach his disciples about prayer and how they are to pray. Jesus gave them a model, prayer, a pattern to be followed, not an inflexible form to be kept. It is not something that uh, Jesus wants us to repeat, um, you know, time after time. It's just a model. This is how you ought to pray. It's in this manner you pray. So it's an outline that we can model our prayer life after, not just to be repeating the Our Father prayer. What I want to do is to sort of personalize uh, this this prayer for us so that it might become more meaningful. So I'll be using the word I uh, a lot of times. So what to say when we pray? First, there is praise. I give God my, my love. It's in Matthew 6, 9 says, Our Father in heaven, help us to honor your name. Jesus is talking about praise. You begin your prayer when you go to him by praising him, praising God. You see, praise is thanking God for who he is and for what he has done. To praise God means to value God, to esteem him, to brag on him. He is our father, and when we enter his presence, we begin by giving him praise. You don't start with your petition, but you start with praise or thanksgiving. If you read Psalm 146 through 50, you will get a good understanding of what it is to praise God. Those are praise psalms, and they begin the same way. Praise the Lord. So why should we praise God? Because it gets our focus off ourself and onto God so that we can talk to him. You see, God has many names. In the Old Testament, people didn't speak of him as our father, they, they had different names, Hebrew compound names, and each name has a different meaning. And you can actually pray the names of God if you, if you so choose. For example, the Lord is present with me, Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is my shepherd, Jehovah Rohi. The Lord is my provider, Jehovah Jireh. The Lord is my healer, Jehovah Rophi. The Lord is my peace, Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is my righteousness, Jehovah Sidkenu. To say, our Father in heaven, help us to honor your name, means that we can pray the names of God because his name is powerful and they are very meaningful to us. 
It means to remind ourselves that God has promised to take care of all of our needs. It means to remind ourselves of who God is and what he has done for us and express our love for him by our praise. So when you're praising him, you are loving him. You are letting him know that he's important to you because of who he is. But then there is purpose. I give my life to God. Verse 10. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God has a specific will for your life and mine. Of course, he wants us to be praying that his kingdom will be established on the earth. But he has a will for us as we live here on the earth. The problem is that God's will is not always done here. This is why we need to keep praying. And so we pray, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, God's will is done perfectly. On earth, it is not done perfectly. So we need to pray that his will be done and perhaps even personalize it by saying, God, what's happening in heaven, I want you to do in my life. Put heaven in my life. I give God my love and then I give him my life. Our Heavenly Father knows what is best for us so we can say, God, may your will be done in my life here on this earth. But there is then provision. Give us this day the food that we need. Verse 11, or as the King James Version and even the NIV says, uh, give us this day our daily bread. Not bread for tomorrow, but bread for today. So we need to go to him each day to ask him to meet our needs. And, and daily bread or the food we need uh, is really speaking about the material things of life that we need to sustain us. God wants us to pray for our physical and material needs instead of simply worrying about them. He says in Philippians 4, 6, and verse 6, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. You see, God says we can pray about everything. Oh, you have a headache? You can pray about it. You have a tough decision to make this week? You can pray about it. You have bills to pay and no money to pay them? You can talk to God about it. Anything that is worth worrying about is worth praying about. Give God your worries. Let him handle your worries. You don't need to spend time worrying when God can take care of your worries. So nothing is too great for God's power, and nothing is too insignificant for God's care. You can talk to him about anything. I've discovered that the more specific I am, the quicker God can answer my prayer. See, when you say, God bless me, or God bless my family, or God bless this person or that person, 
What do you mean? We need to be specific. If the person needs healing, say, God, heal that person. Or, or, or God, um, provide uh, for that person's needs. But we need to be very specific. We just don't go and say, Lord, bless me. How do you know when you're blessed? If you don't say what you want him to do. So be specific. That is something that we need to learn to do. Be specific in our prayers. Don't just say, Lord, bless everybody. What does that mean? <laughs> don't, don't use that. Bless everybody. You, you're not saying anything meaningful when it's the Lord, bless everybody. The fourth thing is pardon. I give God my, my guilt. Verse 12a says, And forgive us our sins. The King James Version is our trespasses, but it's our sins. You see, all of us have regrets. All of us make mistakes. All of us sin. All of us fall short of God's high standard. We don't come up to even our own standards, much less God's. God has made provision for our guilt. He says, if you sin, confess it, and I will instantly, totally, completely, and freely forgive you. There's no reason a Christian should carry guilt in his or her life day after day. If we are, then we are not taking advantage of what Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross for us. He died so that our sins may be forgiven. And he says, all you need to do when you sin, and all of us sin often, because we are in a sinful world and we have bodies that require certain things and we constantly sin uh, against God, do the things that we know we ought not to do. And God says over and over in his word that he wants to give us, to forgive us, to forgive you and me. So when you come to God and confess your sins to him, you don't have to beg him. You don't have to bargain with him, such as, God, if you forgive me, I'll never do it again. If that's your area of weakness, you will be back within a day or two. <laughs> so you don't have to bribe God, such as, God, if you forgive me, I promise to always read my Bible. No, you don't beg. You don't have to bargain. You don't have to bribe God. All you have to do is to believe that when you ask forgiveness, that he has given it to you. It's not a feeling thing. Sometimes we say, we'll say, well, I don't feel that I've been forgiven. Well, it has nothing at all to do with your feeling. You have asked God to do something for you, and he has done it. You may feel good, and that's okay. But it's not based on your feeling. It's based on the fact that God says he'll do something, and he has done it. So we give our worries to God, and then we give our sins to him. And then number five, people. I give my hurts to God. You see, prayer involves other people because relationships are important. And if you have not discovered it, try to discover the fact that relationships are very important. The world turns on relationships. 
If someone asks you to do something and you don't have a relation to them, you may not do it. But if you have a relation to that person, you are going to bend over backwards to help them. Verse 12 says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. That's the second part, sin against, against us. It's in life you will be hurt. Sometimes intentionally and sometimes unintentionally. How you handle that hurt determines your happiness. When you bottle up hurt in your life and hold on to it, that is called resentment. And resentment will poison your life. For your own happiness, you must learn to forgive. Verses 14 and 15 says, For if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive those, to give others, forgive others, your Father will not forgive you. So Jesus is saying, if I don't forgive others, I'm burning the bridge that I have to cross in order to get to heaven. Someone came to John Wesley, the father of Methodism in the 18th century, and said, uh, I just can't forgive that person. They hurt me so, so badly. And John Wesley said, then I hope you never sin. The Bible says, forgive and be forgiven. They are interrelated. For your own sake, let go of past hurts. If someone hurts you, let go of it. Release them. That is one of the values of prayer. It helps you to unload your hurts and your pain. That is one of the values of prayer. Forgiveness is the only way to get rid of past hurts. Forgive the person who hurt you and let it go. Get on with your life. Forgiveness erases the videotape of that hurt that keeps playing over and over in your mind. Unless you forgive, you, it will keep coming back, and each time it comes back, you feel more angry about what had been done to you. So you have to forgive, and this is why Jesus says, forgive those who have sinned against you. Because if you don't, then your Father will not forgive you. So if you want to be forgiven, then you have to forgive others. And they don't have to ask you for forgiveness. You do it because it's the right thing to do. They may never acknowledge that they hurt you. But you have to do what is right and to follow your Father who says you ought to forgive those who sin against you or those who hurt you and those who speak ill against you, who do lots of things uh, to you. I give my, my love to God. I give him my life. I give him my worries. I give him my guilt. I give him my hurts. And then... I give him my fears and my temptations, which is the prayer for protection. Verse 13, and don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one.
Two questions. In what area do you need self-control? So what is out of control in your life? And then second is what scares you the most? The fear of failure? The fear of poor health? The fear of violence being done to you? The fear of divorce? The fear of the future? The areas that you're most concerned about and, and can be most tempted, you should pray about. God understands because Jesus was here with us. And we, he knows exactly what's going on in our lives. The Bible says he was tempted in all points as we are, and yet he did not sin. You see, Jesus knows what it is to be hungry, to be misunderstood, to be lonely. He understands it all. And so we can come with confidence to the throne of grace to find help in our time of need. Notice what Jesus is saying in this model prayer. He's saying that prayer is the antidote to life's most damaging emotions. You give your love to God, you give your life to God, and you give your, your worries as well as your guilt, your resentment, your fears, and your temptations to him. These are the most damaging emotions in life. That is what prayer is all about. We unload our burdens on God because if we try to hold on to them, they will destroy us. That's why prayer is a stress reliever, not a stress producer. Our most important key to prayer, praying together. Hundreds of thousands or perhaps millions of people, Christians, miss out on so much in their life because they only pray by themselves. Praying by yourself is good. It is necessary. God wants us to pray by ourselves. But um, there is power and even greater power in group prayer. You see, God's design for our spiritual life is that we get support from one another as believers. You say, I just pray by myself, wonderful, but you are missing out on one of the major benefits of being a Christian. Listen to the words of Jesus. Not my words, but Jesus' words. In Matthew chapter 18, 19 and 20. He says, I tell you this, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For we are two or three gathered together as my followers or as my disciples. I am there among them. He said, that's the power of praying with other Christians. The question is, who are you praying with on a regular basis? I know that there are some of you in this congregation who have a, a chain prayer online. So when you get up in the morning, you call one another and you talk about your needs and you pray for, for each other. You can pray if you're in a, in a small group. You can pray um, in a scheduled prayer meeting as we have. Uh, here at People's Baptist Church, we have a Wednesday evening prayer service, prayer meeting, as well as our Sunday uh, evening uh, time of prayer 
we are agreeing with others that we want God to uh, meet the needs and the concerns that we have as a family of God. So what we're talking about here is the prayer of agreement. You get far more done if you can meet with someone else. The Bible says two or three. And the more, the more perhaps, even the better, but you can't really cover a lot of ground if you have too many people. Uh, so if you, can, if you can meet with, with someone, it could be virtually or it could be in person, and simply share what your prayer need is, then you'll be surprised to see that God answers because this is his word, this is what he tells us that we should do, and that if we do it, the Father will answer us. So, my brothers and sisters, when you have a need, you get another Christian or a couple other Christians to pray with you. We have that all the time. People call me and say, I'm going to go into the hospital to have surgery. Uh, could you pray with me? And so, in agreement with them, I pray, believing that God will answer my prayer. So, Jesus said, our prayers will be answered when we join with others in agreement that this is what we want God to do for us. He gave us a model. Try it. And it will unlock a new level of power and joy in your life. When you learn to connect with God in prayer, you will discover that there is no pain that God cannot ease that there is no weakness that God cannot strengthen. There is no fear that God cannot calm. There is no burden that God cannot lift. No tears that God cannot dry. No sin that God cannot forgive. No guilt that God cannot remove. And no problem that God cannot solve. Furthermore, there is no situation that God cannot control. There is no door that God cannot open for you. There's no need that God cannot meet, no prayer that God cannot hear and answer, nor is there anything that God cannot do. Just think, the greatest blessings of the believer is yet to come. When we see Jesus coming in the clouds of the sky, when we set our feet down upon these streets of gold, when we cast our crowns down at his feet, when we gather around the throne and sing the song of the redeemed, only then will we fully understand and appreciate the grace, the mercy, the love, the power, and the wisdom of our God. As hymn writer says, There are depths of love that I cannot know till I cross the narrow sea. There are heights of joy that I may not reach till I rest in peace with thee. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m., you can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.